but I'm going to have to deal with it. Um, I am out of pick and mix. Oh. I'm taking yeah. the last bites now. Uh-oh. Is that you getting a notification that Amazon are at the door with some replacement? <laughs> I wish. That's a uh, jab for all you. Uh, all no, my not me. That is me, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, typical. I, I should have known that for after last week's episode. <laughs> you know, I just... You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome wherever you may be. This is episode 27. I've neglected to say that the last uh, few weeks, but episode 27 of the Host Unknown podcast. Uh, hello, Jav. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Well, I'm half good because I had the flu jab this morning and like one of my arms is like absolutely numb and throbbing with pain. But I'm sure that once it connects to all the 5G networks, the chip inside, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll feel yeah. a lot better. Once, once the the handshake has been completed, yeah, exactly. I think, I think you'd be all right. And Andy, how are you? Uh, low sugar levels, obviously. Um, I well, I, uh, I was just saying before the show, uh, I am uh, out of pick and mix, my preferred choice. But uh, I do realise that uh, Epicurium, which is a um, distributor to uh, shops and stuff, did deliver a box of plant based um, jelly sweets, which I'm going to give a try. Um, Isn't that called broccoli? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, so these are uh, some sort of jelly sweets, um, which I thought I'd give a try as I was getting stuff from like cash and carry anyway. Um, so I've got 20 boxes downstairs. Uh, oh, sorry, 20 <laughs> packets uh, downstairs. No, all right, 20. To, uh, yeah. no you've, you've got 20 boxes, uh, within which one of which is 20 packets. No, it's, uh, it's two, two uh, boxes, 10 uh, packets in each box. Uh, Mind you, it's like those um, Marks and Spencer's veggie Percy's, Percy Pigs. Exactly, it's that type right? of thing, yeah, but they're fruit-flavoured, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, fruit so I thought I'd give them a yeah. try. But you know what for, it's like, for, when you've got that minimum order of 85 quid to get free delivery, you... you... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's a lot, lot of one, lot of uh, 199 bags. <laughs> you, you know, it's... Um, in America, nothing is really... <laughs> As healthy, I suppose is a weird way to call it, but talk about it when you talk about sweets. But I once got these vegan friendly jelly sweets in a in a store in in America, and they were the most vile things ever. You you just <laughs> put them in your mouth, and they almost like glued my mouth shut. And I thought I was going to lose all my fillings. It was just horrible. It was just like sat there chewing on one for ages, and I was like, I'm sure this not chewing gum. No, it was it was. Oh, oh my jellies. god, that sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. but horrible. any anyone that spends time in the US and buys their uh, candy will attest that um, it some is more it, missed than hit. Yeah, there is some you, you know which ones to go for in the end. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Almond Snickers. I'm, yeah, almond almond Snickers. Now you turn me on to those. I have to say, after you demanded, I bring back a suitcase of them. Yeah, and, every, uh, every time I went there, and the almond M and M's as well. They're, they're like the only two yeah. things that. Uh, well, the the almond stuff overall, uh, and they also do a lot more white chocolate, so like white chocolate Twixies and Kit Kats and stuff like that, which actually are really nice. Um, although I see that the white Twixies have come over here a lot more recently, but um, but yeah, the like the I was going to say the Native American chocolate. That's probably the wrong way of putting it. But the, <laughs> that's buffalo the, balls, um, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, but the you know the traditional American chocolate, like Hershey's and stuff, is not vile. Not even chocolate. Yeah. No. Do you know? Did, I did find out there's there is an acid that is used in the making of that chocolate, and if you're not used to it, um, it's uh, it's what makes the chocolate smell like vomit to people who don't ah, eat that chocolate very often. Okay. And it is the same acid that is in the stomach. Hence, why when you smell a bar of this chocolate, it you know for those for the uninitiated, it actually smells that bad. Um, I'm one of them. I have to say, so Hershey's yeah. chocolate is does smell like vomit. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does. But it is because it's got that same acid in it. Um, that was on a Reddit today. I learnt. So, uh, yeah. so today you learnt. Indeed, um, yeah. So that was because um, you know the other thing about the chocolate out there is, is uh, you know Hershey's have the license to redistribute Cadbury's, uh, or as we know it's Cadbury's, but they changed the formula totally, so it's not yeah. the same ingredients. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, 
There's so much wrong with the US. I mean, yeah, let's let's start with the chocolate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we're gonna fix one thing about the US, yeah. make yeah. it the chocolate. Uh, next yeah. week next week we'll move on to the so called cheese that they have in America. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, let's you know, does that include the chocolate orange that we need to <laughs> talk about? Oh, <laughs> So, um, so as as uh, a famous um, podcaster, friends of the show might say, chums, chums, chums. <laughs> um, <laughs> love you, Graham. Um, so apparently, there is another host unknown out there. I found this on YouTube. Does that mean so, we've made it when there are knockoffs out there? Apparently so. Apparently so. So. This host unknown is an actual band as opposed to, you know, three fat middle-aged men miming along to some tunes that don't scam properly. Um, but this is an actual band formerly known as Fake Plastic Trees. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you're implying we're not a band. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway. Show me um, a boy band in the last 20 years that doesn't lip sync. <laughs> Boney M. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Um, what do you mean lip sync? You guys lip sync? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't lip sync. I just read off the cue cards. <laughs> Badly. Yeah, with, let's with, with your eyes darting left and right to read. Them. Oh my god! I, that's me just checking for my exit. <laughs> Oh, I still anyway, remember many years ago you guys taking the piss out of me for uh, <laughs> singing along. So, oh, sing louder, sing louder. Oh, how can you forget the words? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but but not only were you not singing, your lips were hardly moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why they could just use random shots of you. <laughs> it didn't didn't make any difference. Anyway, fake plastic. And he's one of those. Speaking of fake plastic, oh, and he's got one of those faces where he'd be accused of having Botox despite not having any. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that's not filler. It's Haribo. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so anyway, fake plastic trees became host unknown. Don't they like rebranded themselves Host Unknown, and that was earlier this year, February 2019. And where do we stand uh, legally? Well, this is what I think we should ask our viewership. Should we send a cease and desist, or should we actually try and go into like an aggressive acquisition? I mean, I, I, I don't know where we go. So, so I mean, I, only, I, what? let's face it, they've got 11 followers. Well, wow. mm. okay. Do we, are we ready for a battle of that size? I'll just say <laughs> well, they outnumber us eleven to one. Hang on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Because because Jav's just going to fold straight away. We know that. Off is the direction in which you should go. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even listened to their music. I, we need to listen to their music. In fact, I think next next week we'll we'll try and get a track of theirs on or something. Well, let's not give do. them too much, like you know, extra views. <laughs> we should take, we should issue uh, YouTube copyright takedown notices saying that we are host unknown. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, check, yeah, check, check the age of our, our account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Shit happens to us all the time like that, like taking down videos and then them suddenly appearing again. Uh, under a different copyright, I noticed, though. Yeah. You know, there's there's a scam that went on, like it was, uh, or someone, not scam, they're basically taking advantage of this loophole where um, if someone uh, issues a copyright strike against you, you have a certain amount of time in which you can contest it or something, and otherwise it goes yeah. to you, <clears throat> and you start getting the monetization of the video. The, yeah. the revenue and so there were people who were actively scanning the news to find out whenever a singer would die <laughs> and as soon as they kicked the bucket they would issue a copyright against all of their videos and and for that period of time for that period of time before the inheritance and everything gets sorted out or settled uh, it, then it becomes really difficult for them to reclaim it so they they were making quite a bit of money that way jeez i hope that loophole was closed it's YouTube. No, in YouTube, about. probably not. No. Yeah, exactly. Second only in evilness to Facebook. <laughs> we're just although, going out. We're just getting oh, aggressive this week. We're getting although, aggressive oh, early. 
Although, although they do a lovely job of hosting um, our videos, so uh, just in case you're listening, uh, Mr. Yankee Utube, whatever your name is. So what have we got for you this week? We have uh, This Week in Infosec, our brand new segment, uh, and then our usual fe- features, uh, Tweet of the Week, Billy Big Balls, Rant of the Week. Pretty sure we still don't have a little people. Um, not sure what's going on there. Your your um, your sources are letting you down, Jav. They are. They are. So I'm going to go to uh, turn things up from next week, and you will start seeing a flood of little people. Well, not a flood all in one show, but you'll see a regular. <laughs> open a the door of, of your people. basement yeah. or something, and uh... all of people will be falling out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Singing about Augustus Gloop. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear me. Okay, well, um, let's get on with uh, this week's... This Week in InfoSec. So, this week in InfoSec is brought to you with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Um, So, a mere, if I do my math, 29 years ago, uh, on the 5th of October in 1991, the Linux kernel was released by Linus Torvalds. Um, Yeah, was it 29 years ago? Apparently 29 years ago. And, uh, you know, in his statement, he said... uh, this is a program for hackers by a hacker. Um, and this was obviously back then the news was delivered. It wasn't via a tweet, surprisingly. Um, you know, he didn't broadcast it on Snapchat. It was to the uh, comp.os.minix newsgroup. Um, so whichever your favorite uh, newsreader of choice was back then. Uh, mine was Agent. Uh, mine was Angela Rippon. Ah, but um that was uh, where the news. Was. Yeah, there we go. That's. What... I, I can't believe you didn't even reach for the button as you were saying it. Oh, I completely missed it. <laughs> so uh, I think we can agree that was a big moment in, uh, I guess, IT uh, for all. You know, yeah. finally bringing uh, still to this day. Uh, I think you know the man is quite active on Twitter and you know talks with people and uh, actively engages su- the community. What surprises me about that was it was only. It was like the early 90s, uh, sort of mid, maybe 95 or something like that. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was, you know, you couldn't move in a computer section in a bookshop without the fattest book on Linux. You could always get hold of a copy of Linux somewhere and install it and then go, "Uh, what do I do with that now? Um, You know. And that's how, yeah, you had to write your own drivers for everything back then as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it it literally was everywhere. It, it, it It went, you know, I won't say enterprise level, but it went massive really quickly. Yeah, I remember um, uh, a couple of the DEF CONs. There were, um, there's a guy called, who went by the name Jinx, uh, and he always had the store Jinx Hackware, uh, you know, which sort of sold, um, you know, badges or t shirts <clears throat> and all, all that kind of stuff. And very yeah. popular on those stores around DEF CON were the badges which said, um, the manual said install Windows 95 or greater, so I installed Linux. And that was uh, quite common for the community back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, in terms of practicality, it really wasn't as uh, as user-friendly oh, as it is today. I thought it was actually I mean, a nightmare. I mean, those those scenes in the Matrix where they're looking at those, you know, dripping screens yeah. and they're tapping, tapping, that's them installing a, a browser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it's it's easy. The fact is, that it, but that said, it there's such a community. So I mean, I've got three Raspberry Pis running in my house, all running on Raspbian, which is a, a, a you know a, a subset of Linux or whatever the term is. And even I've done some you know a little bit of command line stuff and all that sort of stuff in them because they're so well supported. Um, but they're very very lightweight. You know, obviously Raspbian is designed to be lightweight. And yet at the other end of the scale, you've got companies like IBM renting out server farms, hosting uh, uh, Linux for, you know, proper enterprise class computing. Yeah. 
No, it's, good stuff. It's life changing, yeah. uh, industry defining. Um, yeah. So the second one I had this week uh, from the same Today and in Infosec Twitter account um, was the fourth of October two thousand and five, uh, and this was a funny one, uh, known as the Sammy Worm, which was the first self-propagating cross-site scripting worm, which was released onto the then mega popular. MySpace, uh, <laughs> My by space. a guy called Sammy Kamkar. So if you recall 15 years ago, it seems like an eternity ago, we had this thing called MySpace where I think just about everyone was going on to um, you know, I didn't have an account. You didn't have an account. Oh, do you know what? I said it. Musicians, they first started going on there and they everyone did, had it, the blinks yeah. and the music that auto-played. And it did go a bit more mainstream, though, after mm, that. It did. And there are still people who have old MySpace accounts. Uh, a couple of footballers, funny enough, uh, sort of famously <laughs> pictures of them really? when they were younger. But no, they don't actively use it. They just forgot they had them. Um, oh, oh I, still, I was going to say. But, yeah. <laughs> but this was uh, – so the worm that this guy created um, it, it basically designed it to you know, self-propagate across MySpace. Um, and so every time, you know, it was relatively harmless, but every time you opened it, it would say, but most of all, Sammy is my hero. And then it would send him a friend request. Um, and then if you viewed his profile page, it would then, you know, replicate again, um, you know, and, and add itself to your page. And so every time someone viewed your page, it would then spread. Um, but absolutely fantastic. Just 15 years ago, this very popular network and this guy was... Uh, reliving the spirit of Robert Morris, I think, and just sort of really spreading that that joy of uh, uh, self-replicating viruses, which um, we all love. Yeah, yeah, love them. Yeah, love them. <laughs> but uh, we're living in the age of one at the moment. Well, yes. <laughs> so I know that was two, and we typically only stick to two uh, on this. But I do want to give an honourable mention. Um, and as a friend of mine would uh, say, for shithousery of the highest order. And this was a mere three years ago. So think, you know, we're talking about we've gone 29 years ago, 15 years ago, just three years ago. What was happening this week? Um, Well, after he retired uh, as a result of the data breach at Equifax, the former CEO, Richard F. Smith, told members of Congress that one person in the IT department was at fault for that breach. What? Yeah, but Son of a all bitch. All one people. He basically blamed an unnamed individual uh, in the department who had failed to heed security warnings and did not ensure the implementation of software fixes that would have prevented the breach. Uh, is the language that was used. So, um, yeah. <laughs> had nothing to do with the pressure of the job, the desire to get things done on time, no. the fact that procedures are regularly overlooked. Different gate. Gateways to make sure controls are in place, following yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it like, all Dave's fault. This is like saying we, where, you know, the nukes were launched because the T boy tripped over and hit the button. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, should you've right. like made the button a bit more, <laughs> like you know, two people yeah. keys, you know, <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. But no, Actually, it, but it was the T waller at the end. Of the yeah, day. yeah, exactly, Dave, the T waller, Dave. Dave the T-Waller and the guy in IT. God, Dave's unlucky. Oh, dear. Anyway, thank you, Andy. Um, th- yeah, that was that was fascinating. That was absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for that. This week in InfoSec. Right, we need... Um, uh, what do we do? Yeah, we need to get those um, uh, those jingles updated. Definitely, because I feel like I'm going back 10 years when I'm going to play the next one. Do you know what I mean? Um, what are we going on to first, anyway? Tweet of the week. Do you want to do tweet, tweet the week? Tweet Yeah. All right, all right. So, sorry, folks. I know this is, um, this is like, so last year. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, go to this week's... Tweet of the week. Oh, I didn't think I was doing this one. I don't even understand it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, crap. Did you guys just set me up here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I, I can take this one, Tom, if you want. Yeah, you take this one. <laughs> so, oh, I find this just very confusing. I saw this as a as a tweet. It was a, It's a screenshot from, from the Reddit. Tweet. 
yeah. that was posted <laughs> on Twitter. So this is kind of like, not a tweet, but I saw it on Twitter. So we call it a tweet of the week. And this... We can call it whatever we want. It's our show. Yeah, that's right. That's the beauty of having your own show and no bosses, except for the Duchess of Ladywell. Yes, absolutely. Mrs. Langford, we love you. So um, <laughs> this is someone having a rant against Hacker One, the one of the popular bug bounty platforms. And it's not unusual for people to get a bit upset with Hacker One or Bug Crowd or what have you. And sometimes they feel that they've got such a great bug, but it's deemed out of scope or information and only and no doubt there are things that can be ironed out. But this particular gripe starts and it pulls no punches like this. Hacker One is a complete and total scam. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, they work with James Kettle to distribute Burp Proxy, which has been completely backdoored to relay all high-value discovered vulnerabilities to Portswigger. At which point you are then competing against the clock with a very small team of security professionals and the participating security teams who have access to Burt Proxy's discovered vulnerability feed. And then he goes on to say how he spent a month working on uh, Uber's mobile endpoint finding a vulnerability only to find other people had submitted it before them. So the only conclusion he came to is he's using Burt Suite to find... Uh, to do his recon and to find vulnerabilities. And because Burp Suite is backdoored, all of his data is going to Portsvigger. And their team of security experts are looking at all of his findings and then submitting them to Hacker One before he does. And him and, Hack uh, and Hacker One and Portsvigger are in cahoots. And it's so convoluted, I can't even <laughs> say it with a straight face. Have you actually have evidence for this? Because, you know, no, being like a, no. a pen tester, he could check. You don't to write see if... this much if you've got evidence, Tom. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you this is uh, slander or libel. I can't remember. One or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One's, one's verbal, one's written. I think slander's verbal, libel's written. Is that correct? I think so. Anyway. So this is this is libelous in the fact that it's saying that you know Burp Suite is illegally, for want of a better term, use um, stealing people's research effectively and giving it to Portswigger, right? Mm. Then you need some kind of evidence, and it's not like he has to employ a specialist to work out is data being transmitted to Portswigger from the back end of Burp Suite, because surely. Using the tool, he would find that out. Well, exactly. I mean, exactly. If, if only you had a tool like Verb Suite that you could yeah. install to monitor this type of uh, Christ, data transmission. What, what's that? What's that one? Uh, shark something. Wireshark. Um, Wireshark. <laughs> Even Wireshark could find that out. What's, right? that, what's that? Shark something. Yeah, it's a true yeah, here. Stick Very... a shark on the network. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, on the network with wires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a long day. What can I say? <laughs> we, so, so I think. Look, you know, people have gripes, and that's true. And are hacker or hacker one? Are bug bounty platforms perfect? Probably not. Vulnerability disclosure is not an easy thing. But if you're going to spend your life trying to be a professional or whatever, you, then you know you got to admit that there are millions of people out there who are always going to be researching similar things to you a lot of them are going to be better than you some of them are just going to get luckier this is the game and you've got to learn how to play it coming out with things like this are not going to make you any friends likely get you banned from a lot of these platforms and then you know you'll be going did, back to being a chaiwala did they post this anonymously I don't know how LinkedIn works. I mean, sorry, Reddit works. So I don't know whether it's... Uh, oh, yeah. well, it's you, you can yeah, it, you, you can create through our accounts. So, yeah. um, I mean, he, it's, it's I might his not know account. anything about Burp Suite, but I know about Reddit. Yeah, it's his active account. You can probably... Uh, it depends whether he's... Uh, see, the, the, the thing is, a lot of these people like... Um, on one hand, they like that anonymity for parts of time. But then when they do something leaked, they want that recognition. So they tend to go public with it. At that point, you can see the whole history yeah. and everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you guys know I'd probably vent to you guys if I ever 
think something is, uh, you know, wrong with the world. Um, if I ever sound like I need a tinfoil hat, um, I guess, you know, to stop me before I go public. <laughs> yeah. And we have. Yes, many times. Many so, times, yeah. many times. Many times. You know, like like before you claim that your ISP hates Zencaster publicly. My ISP absolutely hates Zencaster. I'm not even, you know, this is... <laughs> for, the, for those who don't know, Zencaster is what we're recording on right now. And it took Andy 35 minutes to, to connect. And he blamed his ISP, of which he has two. I do have two ISPs. and uh... It didn't work on either of them. No. It, it is working on one of them, not my preferred connection. I'm using my backup connection. It took you half an hour to decide to go to the other connection. Uh, well, no, not only the other connection, but also switch machines as well. Uh... Um, because, you know, this machine does uh, sometimes have issues with uh, Zencast. There really is no such thing as paranoia, Andy. They really are to get you. This is why nobody likes security professionals. They complicate stuff... <laughs> <laughs> to yeah, the nth yeah. degree. Although I must say, speaking of that, I have been. <laughs> I was about to say, didn't Actually, you send just, a video just of, of we, to switch on just, lights? Just yeah. before we do that, just before we go there, that was this week's tweet of the week. So, Jav, tell us about um, your working environment and how you might have improved it. After taking the piss out of uh, Tom's need to ask Alexa to close his curtains. I don't have Alexa. How dare you? Sorry, Siri. Siri. Jeez. Only a Muppet would use Alexa. Well, she happens to be very obedient. Oh, 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 oh. Are you using Alexa, Jav? I am indeed. Uh, figures. Yeah. Alexa, switch off the lights. I've got headphones on, mate. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> do, you, do you think I'm amateur hour? <laughs> yes, because you use Alexa. <laughs> well, you know, it's so... Con- anyway, do go on. What 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 have you done, Jeff? Oh, nothing. I just like... Well, I, I thought there's some value in what you had doing i mean I, obviously i wouldn't go as far as to like you know automate my my bedroom blinds which are just literally like an arm's reach away from me but um i did at least three i do have like a, a, my office is set up so that there are certain lights positioned for where i'm filming or when i'm on a or uh, doing a webinar or something like that so i thought it'd just be easy and convenient to connect them to my 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 smart speaker spying device um, yeah. So that when I tell it to turn on the lights, it turns on all the lights. Everything's framed properly, and I'm I'm good to record. And and that's about it. But it is an awful lot of complication because it's a rabbit hole. You fall down. You say, "Hey, I could automate this, and I could automate that." And uh, it actually reminded me uh, about six months ago, a year ago, I I got this product called Hazel, which works on the Mac. Uh, which does a bit of like uh, workflow automation for you. And it actually works really well with Automator that's on the Mac. Uh, so it can kick off Automator if you do, if you meet certain Never understood that. Uh, yeah, which is why Hazel is a lot easier. It, it builds the front end and then Automator can kick off whatever uh, you want in the back end. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Hazel works really well with <clears throat> If This Then That, which works with everything, including my smart speaker. So I can daisy chain them all. So if I come in and I'm and I and there's something that doesn't natively work, it's really good for on the computer things. So I can give a command uh, to my speaker, and my computer will then go. It can open tabs for certain researches, uh, research projects I'm working uh, okay. on. It can uh, play music from my iTunes library. It can you know do all sorts of cool stuff. So uh, it's a rabbit hole that I've started going deeper back into now, thanks to your um, your your uh, showroom of all things smart connected, and I, I've I've got a few more things on order. One being yeah. one of those uh, IR universal remotes, which uh, is uh, connects to the Wi-Fi and, and it's all smart. So, oh, which one? Um, I can't remember. It's it's the Logitech. No, not the Logitech. It, it's Logitech Harmony Ultra. You know, I think Jeff doesn't really go for the branded stuff. He'll go for the no. Uh, he do- that's true. Yeah. I'll go for the cheap stuff with the with the five star reviews. It's a uh, Agos. Yeah. Agos. No, Argos. It's you got A-R-G-O-S. it from Argos. A I G O S. But it seems. I'd be interested. 
interested to see what the um, integration is like with that, I have to say. Yeah, because basically then I can turn my aircon on and off. I can turn my TV, my sound system, everything. But but from a security point of view, I, I could also use this newfound love of automation to say, hey, what's my threat intel for today? And it can go and pull out these sources, with connect with their APIs, pull them in and create me a dashboard right. in real time. And say- you forgot your wife's birthday. Yeah, that sounds like some good threat intelligence. Something to me. like that. Yeah, that that is the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this because uh, unlike me, you'll be uh, shouting this from the rooftops and publishing videos all about it. <laughs> I only sent you to a little video clip today. Oh. Well, it's on YouTube now, mate. <laughs> You've already got your idea for uh, your your continued cybersecurity awareness videos, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, they're getting good and, good engagement. Don't don't knock them. Indeed. Right. Shall we move on? Let's move on to uh, this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week. Uh, this will be one that I take, shall it? I know we, we switched stuff around, but uh, oh whatever, yeah. go for it. So this is uh, oh, were well, you going to do this? I don't care as long as it's one that I understand. <laughs> Well, so you, Tom so, will be back in three episodes' time. <laughs> so this is uh, all started from a guy um, who worked at ABC News, who uh, you may or may not have heard of uh, some kind of outbreak going on in the US at the moment for uh, something called COVID-19. Oh, I thought it was Tango. And, uh, yeah, so there uh, is some uh cases which, which have been appearing in the white house let's say it that way um i think i heard something they've got more cases than new zealand and australia combined uh just in the white house alone i, th- uh, I think it was wasn't it australia new zealand vietnam and was, cambodia yeah, or something like that. Like four or five countries yeah, yeah. so uh there, there's uh this guy from abc news basically said that uh he had learned that uh chad gilmartin who's a member of the white house press shop uh, has also tested positive um, and he says, you know, sources tell us he came back positive over the weekend. And so Mr. Sean Spicer, um, ex-friend uh, of Trump, um, hard to say which way he leans politically. You know, uh, it's you know he's not that vocal. Uh, it's not the leaning, it's the way he dresses that's important. Yeah. So he posted, like, you know, he saw this news from ABC and he sort of retweeted it and said, uh, you know, it's one thing to report an additional staffer in the White House, you know, who's tested positive, but uh, revealing their name is a violation of HIPAA. And uh, the best thing was a response to that. There's, uh, you know, a lady called uh, Donna Shalala uh, quoted that. And she said... uh, Representative. Representative Donna Donna Shalala. She says, that is not how HIPAA works. I should know. I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, I mean, I love it when uh, you have these events where, uh, you know, people are just, you just can't get more authoritative than that. You know, and it is, um, I actually, (laughs) this is uh, similar to this sort of Billy Big Balls um, listening to Reddit. I know it's a strange thing, Sue, but you know, people actually take Reddit topics, transcribe it to audio, and then you can listen to the audio, and uh, yeah, there's loads of YouTube channels of uh, like Updoot Reddit is one that uh, you know I listen to a lot. Where it's just if you put in your headphones in the evening, you go taking a dog for a walk, you can just listen to uh, to Reddit content. It's crazy. It's not you know the, the best voice. It's that voice that they use on. Um, Smashing security, you know, that does the intro and sort of tells. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought so you were going to say for the anonymous videos. Uh, <laughs> so, no. I vote for this woman, this man's wife as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> that one. Yeah, and they do the. Uh, sometimes you get used to, you know, dollar sign fifteen k, like. You know, so, um, but yeah, it's all these uh, sort of Billy Big Ball stories that, that have been coming out of there, and I think this one absolutely uh, fits in with this. Uh, you know, at what so, time has someone really just sort of like been able to do a mic drop and walk off? So there's two things to this. One is Sean Spicer doesn't even know how to spell HIPAA. No. Because he spells <laughs> it with two P's and one A rather than one P and two A's. Yeah. And secondly, quoting regulation to get back at someone or to um, get out of actually doing something 
is a guaranteed way of showing that you do not understand what that regulation actually is. Because, you know, remember Sarbanes-Oxy, if you're an American Sarbox, company. Yeah. And, yes, yeah, socks. So um, I worked for a company that had to comply to that. And it's it's quite heavy requirement, I must yeah. admit. You know, it spend a lot of time and effort on it. But then it got to the point where, oh, can I get so-and-so done? No, sorry. Why not? Socks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, bullshit. No. That is not true. Show me what. No, sorry. Sarbanes Oxy can't do it. And and it's the same with any kind of regulation or standard. I've even heard it. Oh, no. ISO 27001 says we can't do it. Yes, you can. I know that you can. It, and it, it's just a dreadful way or, or a dreadfully ignorant way of either slamming someone or just avoiding work. And it really annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> And I, so I used to, to hear see it a lot. something like this is so good. Yeah, we used to hear it a lot with, um, sorry, can't do that date protection. Sorry, can't tell you that date protection. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, it's got oh, nothing so to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. GDPR, mate, can't do that. <laughs> can't feel me. Can't feel me. It's date protection, mate. I don't give my. Yeah. Don't give you my permission. <laughs> you can't feel me without my permission in a public space. Copy and paste this onto your Facebook status, and that way Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> cannot use your information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you see, this is the best thing. You don't even need to do uh, self-replicating worms anymore. You literally just tell people to copy and paste and they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like on Kickstarter. Whenever a project fails, people copy and paste the, I invoke Kickstarter's terms and conditions whereby such and such. And every time you, you get like 17 of these in a row and somebody, then it pops up. This doesn't work. Please stop copying a bit. This has got nothing to do. And then more people come and do it. And more and more and more. And it's like, this doesn't work. It's got nothing to do. You know, it's like, oh, man. You know, get some some kind of knowledge in the first place. Just make yourself aware of what's going on. You know, anyway, you know, it's more, more like a rant of the week for me. <laughs> Dear me. But Republican Donna uh, Shalala... Mic drop. Representative. Representative Republican. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Representative Don Shalala. Uh, please take a mic drop. You are this Get week's... some basic knowledge. Yeah, you are this week's <laughs> Billy Big Balls. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Like it. So, you know, uh, you actually mentioned Kickstarter there. I have never purchased anything off Kickstarter. Um, but Indiegogo, I have... And I had something delivered uh, yeah. a week ago, or, or maybe a week. Oh ago. yeah, I mean they're they're as good and as bad as each other. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I just uh, everything although, I've been interested in has been on Indiegogo. Although on Indiegogo, you can sell stuff that you've already produced, if you see what I mean. So people will often start on Kickstarter, get some seed funding, start making the product. Um, and then go on to Indiegogo to sell the product as well whilst they're still building it, as it were. Right, uh, okay. So the, the the rules are slightly different. But anyway, you bought something. I did. How exciting. So it was a it? while ago, but, you know, they, they finally came uh, last so week. I got stuff from six years yeah. ago outstanding. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get it. Yeah. So you these think? are uh, translator earbuds. So imagine like Ooh. the uh, Apple iPods. Uh, oh, AirPods, yeah. that, uh, you know, the wireless earpieces that you wear. Um, and then imagine something sort of uh, that Jav would buy as an equivalent alternative to the Apple one. So something a oh, bit... Oh, the cheap ones, yeah, you mean? A bit chunkier and a bit yeah. cheaper. Um, yeah. It's those. <laughs> Normally have a blue light on them or something. <laughs> Green lights, these ones do. <laughs> oh, man, on each that's ear. cheap. Blue light. blue light is a sign of quality. <laughs> but uh, so the whole thing is based around this app called uh, Time Kettle. And it will translate uh, 120 odd different languages, I think they say. Um, so they've got a 30 wow. hour battery life. I've not had to charge them since I've got them. Oh, 93 languages, seven of which you can download offline so you don't need to be connected. Um, Please tell me one of them is Klingon. Ah, uh, sadly not. No, these are actually. Oh. Uh, well, actually, I've not read the full list, but, you know, they did seem to be, uh, you know, sort of um, other well-known languages uh, that you may see um you don't want to say real languages I was, I was very close and i i'm a yeah i love star trek I, you know I, yeah but uh, because you can get a degree in klingon yeah Christ, i mean yeah. okay right <laughs> the rest of the world call it welsh you know what i mean it's yeah. like <laughs> that's, that's right. not 
<laughs> Let's not oversell it, okay? Uh, but, I mean, the plan was that, you know, this thing will translate in real time whilst people are speaking in a different dialect. Um, and it's a shame but, that but, I'm not travelling anywhere at the moment. because It is an actual Babel fish. It is, yeah, but yeah. From from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Almost like a uh, universal translator that they use in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Except, doesn't, yeah. doesn't Google's Pixel ear, earbuds also have translation built in, like the Google Translate built into them? Uh, I don't know. I never stumbled across a Google ad with uh, Pixel Translate in it. <laughs> no. I think, I think that you can. I think that was one of their original features. I think, like... Um, oh no! Was it Google or was it Samsung? I can't remember. No, I think it was Google with their with their oh, Pixel okay. phone. Um, they they right. came out with buds a couple of years ago. I think yeah, this yeah, is when yeah. when Apple came out with the and one of the features they were touting there was that it's integrated with um, Google Translate, so it right. it uses that backend to translate. But I, I've never um, sort of used them. I've never heard of anyone using it. But I, 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 on my phone, I've got Google Translate the app. And that works really well. You can just pass the phone or put it down and basically you talk, yeah. talk through it. And that's pretty good. Same, same as the iPhone, actually. You can do that as well. Mm. iOS 14 can do loads yeah. of languages, can't it? The, uh... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So now, so now it's come right. built into the phone, but I actually paid for this uh, you know, a while ago. <laughs> and uh, I can have it in yeah. my ear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's cool. I think I, I'd be really interested if you could get these almost covert and super real time. So it actually doesn't impede. It's not like a big clunky thing you've got on, in your ear. And It's super real time, like telling you what they're going to say in advance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, as opposed to real time. I mean, <laughs> it, they say real time, but they say it. And oh, then it know, goes in yeah. and then it translates as a bit of a lag. And it's yeah. not quite spy stuff. So this one is uh, 95% accuracy between 0.5 and 3 seconds it takes to uh, translate. Have you tried it yet? Uh, no, not it... with um, anyone that speaks a foreign language, no. And and does it give you tips on how to look thoughtful or considering during that 3 seconds? <laughs> uh, no, so I mean, these things are massive. Oh, okay. Like, you know, they may as well be uh, worn over the ear. Um, especially with the, the bright green light that flashes. Uh, I, I walk down the road at night listening to... Uh, I use them as earphones as well, uh, just in case I come across you know, some uh, foreign gangsters that are going to mug me and they start speaking in their native language and I just need to scroll through, figure out which language it is and see what they're saying. They're so big and bright they can be used as temporary traffic. Yeah, that they are like beacons as I go down. Could you try again? Who was that? Was that? Naming that chief. <laughs> Who is that? That sounds like Siri. That is, yeah, that's me actually. I don't. Know. <laughs> hey Siri, open the curtains. Ah, <laughs> uh, if only you knew. Uh, why are all the curtains open? Um, <coughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, now you're doing now it. It looks like you haven't set up any home kit accessories. Hey Siri, oh, reboot. I've got my headphones so, on as well, Jeff. So I've got to say, this you know, this feels really you know as as professional as usual, right? This particular <laughs> podcast. Literally, in the last ten minutes, I've had a, an email from our friends of the show, Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley, inviting me back on the show. What? All right. What? Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe they're going to give me a hard time about that jingle. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure uh, there's no lawyers also is it definitely to go on the show and not a meeting like you know <laughs> exactly and also i don't know which jingle we're talking about um no idea. <laughs> the billy big balls right. one <laughs> so andy given now you've to told us that you can speak in multiple languages no i can listen in multiple languages <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you, um, yeah, what have we got next? Because uh, I think this is your usual, um, this is your usual section. What have we got next? Uh, so is this the part where we hand over to our reliable sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. 
Former Australian PM talks importance of cyber awareness. Industry news. HMRC hit by multiple phishing and spam emails. Good. Industry news. Endpoint security, primary pain point in 2020. Industry news. Food delivery service Chowbus experiences data breach. Industry news. Ford's increased investment in cybersecurity in face of threats and industry news. <laughs> and that was this week's industry news. Huge if true. Um, so I am actually with Jav on this one with HMRC uh, because, you know, I've had my issues with them in the past. So I called them the other day because I'm still under investigation for God knows what. Um, and if you can't, if you don't even know why you're under investigation, that's probably telling you something. Well, exactly, and not just that. Well, so I called them, like get to the bottom of it. I've tried calling them before, always stuck on hold for too long. Um, and so they're also taking more money, you know, than they used to anyway. Um, so I called, them, I was like, look, you know, you're taking a lot of money from me, like via paye. And so we went through the whole thing. Uh, like, long story short, I apparently have been on the wrong tax code for over a year. Oh, so all of the last five, yeah, exactly. So they're saying you, when you do your when you complete your self assessment this year, you're going to have a huge tax bill at the end of it. Yeah. And I'm like, what the like? How do you mess up paye? Well, I spoke to an accountant about this, and um, apparently all. Uh, Nearly all, I think, uh, accounting software, PAYE software that organizations use are only accurate up until you're earning 100000 or something like that. After that, it, it doesn't automatically update or, or, or fix what the salary is. So it, it so, and this is especially troublesome for people who are under 100000 but then they get a bonus that takes them over 100000 <clears throat> a, a year. And so nearly everyone who, who that's why you, if you're over a hundred thousand, uh, you have to do self-assessment because they know that the, the system screws it up for you. Uh, Interesting. I never knew that. No. I never knew that. So now we know that Andy definitely is in the higher bracket range because he yes. didn't <laughs> deny any of that. <laughs> so Andy, would you mind sponsoring the show next week? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. In, in, in fact, just sponsor yourself and get a new machine. <laughs> nothing wrong with the tech in this house. I tell you, there's nothing wrong get with the a tech new, in this house. Get a host unknown computer that works on Zencaster and any ISP you choose. How about we just Not- switch from Zencaster? Why? What's wrong with it? It doesn't work with my it ISP does work. or computers. It does. <laughs> oh man i i as i said to jav you need you need to bring me in for an afternoon and i'll sort your kids i can't afford your prices tom you know (laughs) this is a typical it department versus the users role play playing out in real life the users are saying this doesn't work and it saying it does work you're just stupid you don't know how to make it work yeah except we know andy's stupid (laughs) it works for me yeah therefore therefore the problem you're in Mine's what? Well, it is at your end. That's the point. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's the part between the computer screen and the chair that's the problem. Layer eight, are you saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I, I never like saying users are stupid. I, I think that's so derogatory. But, Andy, you yeah. are fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Were you still, In this uh... case, We'll make an exception. Yeah, so uh, do you guys always used to use the old, uh, you know, ID10T error um, or, you know, PEBCAC, uh, that that type of stuff? Yeah. What are those? Well, What's ID10? ID10T. So when you spell it out, it spells out idiot. Like if you use oh. digits <laughs> and uh, obviously you've got the PEBCAC. And the, the other one we used to use was um, computer user non-technical, which yeah. was uh, very yeah. common for uh, salespeople. <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. The, the only one Tom was a familiar one was the eight double oh eight seven three five five. Turn the calculator upside yeah, down, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, great days. Great days. <laughs> Memories. It, it doesn't work with a, with an iPhone. It's really <laughs> disappointing. Yeah, for, for the younger generation, uh, calculators were like uh, undocking the cal- calculator app off your phone. Yes. It used to be a physical yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. My dad had the um, one of the very first calculators uh, sold in the UK back wow. in the late 60s, early 70s. How big was um, Yeah. Sorry? Early adopter. Yeah. Oh, well, he had a TV in his car as well. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was telling Jav last week, it was about, what, a foot and a half long and something like a six inch or a four inch square screen, you know, because it obviously CRT, but it was in the car, powered <laughs> off the car. Brilliant. Why? Because he could. And I completely subscribe to that attitude, to be perfectly honest with you. Having been to your place, I, I know you live that <laughs> yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right, we need to move on very quickly, I think. Uh, let's move on to this week's... Rant of the Week. Okay, this is a story about the UK track and trace system, uh, where actually it looked for something like, was it a week, a week and a half, that numbers were actually falling when it came to coronavirus um infections and things like that in the uk which is brilliant uh seems like something's happened great news then it emerged that sixteen thousand cases were delayed in being transferred to the system because um well it says says the government but because the the third party contractor the the the, um the private uh company that was uh, that had built the system was using Excel to store the data with an individual column for each case, multiple rows, etc., etc. So, after um, the number maximum, uh, the maximum number of columns in the spreadsheet exceeded sixteen thousand three hundred eighty-four, everything got dropped after that, Um, and so it failed to update, preventing the coronavirus test data from updating. which now, if they'd done it the other way round, if they'd used rows instead of columns, and we, we all know this when we've been on Excel, yeah. you build something, you think, no, that's the wrong way round, you have to completely redo it. Um, <clears throat> but it would have been avoided as Excel supports up to over a million uh, rows. But also, um, and it's not in the show notes, Andy, no. but um, An outdated I heard version, right? They were using the XLS. Uh, .xls format rather than the .xlsx format as well, which is simply unforgivable given that the .xls format was came out in, what, 90s? And the .xlsx format came out in, was it 2007? Something like that? Yeah. It has been, it's not, it's not like it came out last year. Yeah. Um, and the XLSX format would have been able to cope with the, um, you know, the, with a higher number of, of columns as well. So um, <clears throat> Excel is a brilliant tool without a shadow of a doubt. Um, companies would collapse without the use of Excel. But there are certain cases. Um, I, my initial thought is, you know, enterprise class cases where you don't, you should not be using Excel. You should be using either a bespoke system or some kind of database or something like that. Um, and the use of Excel, in my humble opinion, and not knowing the full story, is unforgivable in this instance. Um, really, really can't be used. And I and I bet the username on the Excel was still Microsoft Office yes. user as well. <laughs> <You know. clears throat> Click to activate. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, no, I completely um, so agree. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, and we've spent millions and millions, or is it billions? I can't remember. It's, it's a lot, lot, a lot of taxpayer money on this. So, yeah. For what on the face of it appears to be utter incompetence and negligence. Looking after their uh, own. Of, of, yeah, of the highest extreme, just for profits. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I completely agree. And this is we we spoke about Sarbanes-Oxley earlier and Sarbanes-Oxley actually has uh, one of their points is about end user developed applications or end user computing. And it really does drill into like, you know, using it. If you do use Excel for 
major decisions or you know something that's fundamental to your reporting then a well try not to but if you have to which a lot of banks still do i mean a lot of trading floors they've built out it's these a valid frankensteins but then have controls in place and have checks yes. in place have your assurance controls in place i i assume you know it's not an easy job getting the disparate data from all of these different healthcare like like gps might report them you have these uh, testing remote stations set up you have hospitals they're all reporting it i mean i i assume they were just might have been sending a, C- a csv file and it's but it's almost like what we need is something that sits in between that almost like in the middle almost like a cloud that they could upload it to like a like not like a firmware or a hardware but like a like something in the middleware that allows disparate sources to be collated I, yeah. I, you know maybe maybe we sh- hey you know i think maybe we could make some money out of that yes <laughs> till 2 you know. security now proudly yeah. develops absolutely absolutely stick two fingers up to excel um but <clears throat> yeah i just annoys me and also it is a security issue as well because it let's face it it smacks completely into the integrity side of data um and availability for that matter you know the data you're putting into excel there are limitations as to what you can pull out so if you're assuming that when you do an automatic you know import of your excel table it's got all of the all of the um data in there that you thought you'd put in uh and it doesn't then you've lost the integrity of your data. Well, that's it. I mean, the thing is, when you look at it, what's the purpose of collecting this data, yeah? It's so that you can present the data as like, how many cases are there? Where are they? That's well, so you can save people's lives. Yeah, at the end yeah, of the that, day. but that's pretty much it. That that's what that's the key thing. But that, you, and if you haven't checked through and said that, does it actually do what it's meant to do? Then, like you said, um, Tom, it's incompetence of the highest order. Yeah. Annoying. And at what point do you think they realised? Do you think it was like the third day in a row that the cases were sixteen thousand three hundred eighty-four? And they realised that Boris was still in power. Maybe so it couldn't maybe. possibly have been. It couldn't possibly be dropping numbers. Maybe the intern who was opening the spreadsheet used to open it and walk away for a cup of tea. It was the third day. He said yeah. to someone, "Why is this note or this pop-up always showing up saying cannot display all the data because it exceeds the number <laughs> <Yeah>. of columns?" <laughs> You'll never believe the coincidence. Yeah. I've, we've had 16,384 <laughs> you know, cases every day for the last three days. Amazing. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that was this week's Rant of the Week. So I'll just add to that, Tom. I know you mentioned uh, I missed out in the show notes that it didn't uh, highlight the fact it was... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, an old version of Excel. I will just point out, I was uh, essentially rickrolled into this one. So th- this is a link that was in the group chat, and I saw the headline. Uh, so I had previously, you know, heard the story, so I guessed what it was about. What I did not realise was that this particular article was from media whore Javad Malik. Um, oh, yes, which is that's right, because there was a quote. Yeah, so this this obviously came out at the time because, you know, as soon as a story breaks, Jav, you know what he's like, he's got to be on the scene. Uh, so yeah. he obviously didn't have all the information, this just is, stuck with the safe quotes. This is your quotes. roving reporter. Yeah, <laughs> stuck with the safe quotes. And uh, is that Siri again? Yeah. It is. I don't even know what I said to activate it. You're probably sitting on the button or something. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, close the curtains. <laughs> Yeah, but but you know what? It, it's it, you you missed the other one that in in this week's industry news, the HMRC hit by multiple phishing and scam, scam emails. Was that you as well? I was quoted in that one as well. Yeah. So I have been oh, busy this week. Man, funny enough, that also says if indeed the government was using Excel to track HMRC cases, COVID cases, whatever, <laughs> it is the wholly inappropriate use of the tool," said Javad Malik, security awareness. Evangelist at no before. Excel is a very good spreadsheet, but it has a spreadsheet. It's not a very good spreadsheet. It's a good tool that is that uses spreadsheets. Oh, I don't know who, who writes your copy, but it has its limitations, much like me, and in no way ever intended to be used as a database, except by ninety percent of the world. <laughs> 
Oh, excellent. Well, blimey, we've hit the mark uh, almost bang on this week. Um, we've got no time for even any of the backup topics. All the little people. I had a banger off of little people actually up my sleeve. Did you? But Did you? We've run yeah. out of- it's no good there because I need it on my iPad so we can play it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Mr. Javad of the Maliks, thank you very much uh, for your uh, time, effort, contributions today. You're more than welcome. And um, Mr. Andrew of Agnes, thank you very much, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. <laughs> Host Unknown, the podcast, was written, performed, and produced by Andrew Agnes, Javad Malik, and Tom Langford. Copyright 2015, or something like that. Insert legal agreement here as applicable and binding in your country of residence. We thank you. Well, that flew by. It did. You know, when we have less actual content, we, we speak for a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. The content was pretty good. Just We just need some more accurate show notes, that's all. Yeah, you, and you just need to you need to check your links before before posting them, Andy, and, and stop <laughs> bitching about it afterwards. <laughs> well, in my defence, I would normally be doing this at night time rather than during the day. Like, we're recording a day early today. What? Are you like a vampire or something? I am more productive at night time. Right. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs>